0: Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show.
1: Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about?
0: I'm Eric Arno and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. We're back this week with another 2013 archival episode celebrating a certain performer whose identity you might have deduced last week, the one and only Mary Beth Smith. Uh, Like Andrew Bentley a couple months ago, MB is not long for Chicago, so we're putting together a farewell show for her on Saturday, October 20th at the Cards Against Humanity Theater. Uh, So I thought it would be fun to spend a few weeks looking back at episodes with some of my favorite MB stories, like this one from May 2013, themed around crime and punishment, which features Mary Beth telling a truly surprising story about having a run-in with the authorities. Uh, To me, the circumstances of this piece make it one of her most memorable, and now you all can enjoy it again, or maybe for the first time, Uh, plus all the other cool stuff on this episode. So remember, keep the night of Saturday, October 20th open, and let's celebrate a great performer in style. One, two,
3: three, four. (スタッフ) l (スタッフ) o (スタッフ) v まーす<スタッフ><スタッフ><スタッフ>
4: So adorable I want to get in your pussy lol we both like Lord of the Rings and Dark Knight I am nice and blunt about my sexual thoughts can you blame me baby winky smiley face here's my number to talk easier and maybe hang out soon eight four seven six one two redacted <laughs> His whole number is there. I got that message about twelve hours after setting up my OKCupid okay account, <laughs> and have gotten many similar ones since. But that is still my favorite. <laughs> um, this isn't going to be the most flattering story I've ever told, uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna acknowledge that now and keep on trucking. Um I have never responded to a message on OKCupid. I started that account last July. Uh, so that's about uh, a little over 400 non-responses um, that, I've, that I've actively pursued. Um, <laughs> a perfect record. And uh, that's I've, I've, I've been asked a lot uh, uh, about why I do that. And the, the general responses, especially since most of my friends are male, and, and the ones I talk to a lot are male, um, or range from, okay, well, well, what would someone have to do for you to actually respond to them? To which I say, uh, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> the, the other side of that, that spectrum uh, goes all the way to, you're a dick. And I know, that's terrible of me. <laughs> what a shitty thing of me to do is to just not respond. And because uh, you know they put effort into these things, and I understand that, and I know that, and, and that's a that's a shitty thing for me to do. And so I was thinking a lot about why I do that. And the conclusion I came up with is that uh, I'm a I'm a cold, heartless bitch who enjoys making other people feel bad. Mm-hmm. No. Hey. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Chris Geiger. <laughs> <laughs> we have that recorded forever no that's not why that's terrible I'm not that bad uh, no, no. Uh, I mean the, the answer I basically came up with that was my stock answer to respond to that was that I'm scared and which leads to the question of why it's just this random person on the internet I don't ever have to, have to actually interact with them I don't have to actually do anything um, and so I've I've been thinking about that a lot uh, especially when I decided to tell this story and, and it, what I think you can, you can pretty much summarize that well in uh, something that happened to me when I was, when I was younger and, and things that have happened since. But specifically, uh, I got a phone call on my 12th birthday. Um, and I, I picked up the phone and my dad had answered it and, and gave it over to me. But it was a weird enough call that he stayed on the line. <laughs> because I picked it up and I said, hello? And, and the voice on the other side said, Claire? And it was a male voice. And I was like, I don't know any males who would be calling me, much less ones whose voices have changed. <laughs> and I said, yeah? And he said, this is so-and-so. And I said, I don't know you. And I hung up. And I put the phone back. And my dad was still on the line. He said, wait, who are you? And the guy hangs up. And so, you know, it was uh, at a time when you could just star six 69, which we did, and, and called him back. And... Uh, he answered the phone and, and uh, had some strong words to say at my dad, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, so my dad called the cops and uh, uh, and tracked him down, and it turned out it was a, a 17-year-old in his basement in Arkansas who had gotten all my information from a chain email um, that I had sent out to some friends, and literally the only information I'd given was like, you know. At some point, what's your last name what's your parents' name? What middle school do you go to? and that was enough to get my phone number, full address, uh, school that I went to, uh, full name, probably you know my favorite color or something um, <laughs> and so you know before that and and very much so after, I was a, from a very internet savvy family and was always taught like don't trust people online don't trust people online. these people are scary if anyone ever if I was ever in like a game with a chat function and someone started talking to me, I would just not say anything uh, or respond at all. And I was thinking about it, and I, and I really realized that OkCupid has nothing to do with it. Like, I don't respond to Facebook messages people send me because I get too nervous about responding. I was at a birthday party last night, and, and two people came up to me and like, introduced themselves, and, I, and my reaction was like, hi, yeah, I'm Claire. I really need to walk over there for some reason, and would just leave. And that's what I do most of the time, and that's, you know, I think that part of it is is being scared that they're going to be boring or mean or, you know, be able to physically overpower me, which literally almost everyone can do, because I'm very weak, <laughs> and as much as I like to believe that You know, the the action movie that's happening in my head where I, you know, am suddenly super good at kung fu and can like totally fight them off would happen. I know from even basic physical confrontations that I will immediately just go fall to the floor if I'm pushed lightly. Like I won't I won't be able to handle that. And so that coupled with the mentality that when I walk into a room, I I feel like I am immediately you know, judged and scared of the people around me even, if, even though I know that they're nice and they're my friends because I've been you know, just affected by that so much in my life both online and offline makes it very difficult to uh, go up to people and, and trust them right off the bat that, that they won't be terrible. Um, so I've been thinking about responding to a message, I still haven't. <laughs> but I've thought about it. Um, but I think the the better thing for me to do might just be to be honest and, and uh, delete that account. And <laughs> I, d- I don't really have a good re- resolution for this story yet, um, but uh, hopefully I'll, I'll figure it out one of these days.
3: Thank you very much, for... Um, Mary Beth Smith, are you here? I am here. Mary yes. Beth Smith. Yes. You may have seen her on Sadie's Interlog before. She will be joining us for the next Interlog show officially.
5: Thank you. I'm really excited uh, for this and for Cinco de Bilbo. Um, Cool. So, Crime and Punishment. Uh, I may look like an unassuming innocent ginger, uh, but let me tell you, uh, I've got a rabble-rousing streak in me. And also, let's be honest, the words innocent and ginger probably don't belong so close together. Uh, I think being such a well-mannered and well-behaved child, uh, mostly because I truly didn't have that many friends and didn't know who I was until late in my high school experience, uh built up so much rebellion inside of me that I've been forced to expel it all in my late teens and early 20s. (laughs) Um, uh, While I was in college, I had many a near scrape with the campus police. Uh, FUPO, as as we ridiculously shorten their title, or Furman University Police Officers, for normal humans who actually use their words to describe things. Uh, Being a member of my college improv team and an active participant in many productions with the theater department led to so many reasons to party! (laughs) Opening (laughs) nights, closing nights, Tuesday nights... you name it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I went to a school that had a dry campus. Oh. So, art party habits and uh, general ruckus was usually a beacon of trouble, <laughs> ripe for being busted by FUPO. Uh, the first of these nights is affectionately named Tate Hit The Woods, because ere though everyone at the party bailed out of the back door, of the on-campus apartment littered with beer cans when Fupo knocked on the front door, our dear friend John Tate was the only one who decided that instead of, I don't know, uh, ducking out of sight uh, by the back door or casually walking through the parking lot, that the best and most irreproachable method of escape was to sprint across two parking lots to a line of trees that surrounded the apartment buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Thus, Tate Hit the Woods was born. Um, Another night included a few students huddled in a shower, a few in a closet, and me huddled in a giant empty trash can on a balcony. And now, (laughs) yeah, this time around we weren't on the first floor so we couldn't just hit the woods. Uh, This trash can's usual purpose was to ice kegs. Uh, Food came in the door. Uh they asked the only two members of the party who were actually of age why they had gotten such a noise complaint when there were only two people there. <laughs> uh, they also ducked out onto the balcony and did not realize there was a small ginger hiding in a trash can. <laughs> uh my two roommates or my two uh of age friends kept a good head of kept a good head on their shoulders and uh Kindly explained to the officers that the Clemson game was really close, and they were getting really
6: excited about it.
5: Uh, The South, where college football is a reason not to get arrested. Uh, These fun near-misses are two of the many, are two of many many. (laughs) And somehow I left college feeling totally invincible as far as punishment for fun crimes goes. Uh, now, uh, two of the guys that I had most of these scrapes with, we'll call them Schmakeb and Schmandy, uh, names chains for protection of privacy, uh, both live in Chicago. Uh, Last summer a college professor of ours came into town and the three of us uh, shared many scotches with him downtown until about three in the morning. Uh, Now the three of us uh, alumni of Furman uh, parted ways with him but none of us were quite ready ready to call it a night. Schmandy wanted to scale a building uh, that had a construction scaffold structure right next to it. Schmeichem and I followed suit as our scotch-addled minds couldn't find any good reason not to. (laughs) Uh, So we slipped in a wide gap in a fence, passing a uh, more than one, I should say, no trespassing signs. Uh, And we climbed stories and stories and stories of this construction scaffolding. Uh, my hands were sore from all the rungs of the ladders, and I took off my dress shoes that I had been wearing from the improv show that I had had that night.
6: Uh,
5: so my feet were sore too, because I'm a dumbass, and I had sneakers in my book bag, but didn't stop long enough to put them on. We got to the top of the building, and the sun was coming up. Uh, it was absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. Uh... We were at, like, Grand right before Navy Pier starts, essentially. So, literally, we could just see the whole lakeshore, and and the sun was rising, and Schmeichab was just, (laughs) just, just exuberant, just ah, yelling, like, so excited, and uh, Schmeichab wanted to go up uh, the rest of, um, the scaffold, which was like a, a crane that kind of hung out over the building, and I was like, no, I like my life. <laughs> uh, so, Shmakam and Shmandi, uh climbed the crane part of the scaffold, but I stayed down on the roof. Um, All this time I was um, taking videos and texting them to my now roommate who uh, I knew would want to know all parts of this story And I knew I wouldn't be able to remember everything I would want to tell her Mm -hmm. Also, I think at the end of one of the videos I said something to the effect of If this is the last time I ever talk to you, at least you know why (laughs) The next morning, oh she, I had, I woke up to like a thousand text messages from her. <laughs> I was like, I'm okay, I'm alive, I'm sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> so eventually we had to call it a show and climb back down. Uh, I still didn't have shoes on. My hands were pretty raw from all of the rungs of the ladder part of the scaffold. But we get to the bottom. And there are cops. <laughs> uh, so... They definitely saw Schmecab, so Shmandy and I tried to walk out the a, a different way, and they were like, "Oh no, we got you guys too!" So we just like stop and turn around and walk back, and uh, we, you know, my Shmandy jumped the fence back out, and Schmecab and I uh, went back through the opening that we had come in, and the officer was just kind of like, "What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing here?" And uh, Schmecab thought it was hilarious. He was laughing uncontrollably. To, it, to which, Schmandy and I were furious. <laughs> Just like, why are you doing this? This is a terrible reaction. We're like legitimately gonna get arrested. What are you doing? Uh, they get handcuffed to the fence. I didn't get handcuffed to the fence. Apparently, they did not think I could get away. <laughs> So he's handcuffing them to the fence and like another guy is coming for backup because apparently three idiotic mid-twenties white people needed more than one cop to be apprehended. Uh, So I unzipped my book bag um, and I still had shorts and sneakers so I put them on (laughs) and I uh, took my skirt off out from uh, over the shorts and I put my sneakers on and the officer kind of looked over at me and was like, what are you doing? And I was like... I'm just getting comfortable, man. Because <laughs> I did not know where that day was about to go.
6: <laughs>
5: so he um, put me in the back seat of, uh, of the squad car while he uh, kept Shmakam and Shmandy with him, and I was... My whole life was flashing before my eyes. I was like, I'm going to go to jail. This is going to be my permanent record. Is that, like, even a thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, all of this just, like, reeling. And, like, like I said, I was a pretty well-behaved kid. Like, this is the first serious thing that had ever happened to me. So, Shmandy uh, joins me in the backseat. Shmegut is still laughing and being cheeky to police officers yeah. who have caught us illegally trespassing. Mm-hmm. And Andy. Oh no! <laughs> 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 Schmandy is furious. He's just livid. Schmandy's in the Navy, so he
4: thought oh, he
5: thought no. that this was going to like endanger his entire naval career. So I was mortified for him because I was like, "No, oh, what am I gonna do?" And blah we pop, But like, he's gonna be in the Navy. So Schmandy's furious. We're both like gripping our hands together until our knuckles are just white because I could tell that I was, like, the only thing keeping Schmandy from flying off the handle. So eventually the guy who came back up gets in the squad car, kind of looks back at us. At this point they had, like, all of our IDs. They were running background checks to make sure none of us had any, like, outstanding warrants. Uh, (laughs) And they gave all of it back. He got in the front seat and he was like, "Uh, so you guys are... You guys realize how stupid this was, right? we're like, yeah, 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 totally, real stupid. (laughs) And he was like, uh, okay, well, my buddy over there, who, like, slightly outranks me, wanted to take you in, but I convinced him that the paperwork just wasn't worth it. (laughs) So, where do you guys live? And we're like, uh, we all live in Lakeview. And he was like, okay, get in the car. Don't do this again. (laughs) Uh, He proceeded to give us a ride back to our apartment (laughs) A long way short (laughs) time. So in the end Not only did I get off scot-free But I got a free ride back to my apartment (laughs) So what I've learned from this Is that if I keep I've had such great karma thus far for doing such idiotic things that at some point I just gotta stop doing idiotic things. (laughs) (laughs) Because at some point it's definitely gonna catch up with me. (laughs) Thanks.
3: (laughs) on campus but didn't for fear of campus police retribution is drive my car on the quad like the campus <laughs> yeah. cars drive. you know wouldn't that have been the best <laughs> did I, did I saw
0: somebody get pulled
3: over on the quad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't do it I knew it would happen but damn I wanted to uh, let's call up Lauren Rodriguez Yay! Lauren is an actress
2: Um, So in actuality, this is a perfect spot for me because Beth's story just proves my story right. Thank you for that foresight, both of you, right here. Um, So growing up like this, tall, and this young-looking, I learned that I had two options, nerd or badass. (laughs) (laughs) Only two options for someone that looks like this. So the story that I wanted to tell today are the only three times that in my entire schooling career, I have ever gotten in trouble. So uh, we had talked a lot about doing like a Nerdologues or like a Your Stories drinking game. So I'm just <laughs> going to solidify that for this story. And it would have just worked so well for Mary Beth's story as well. So if at any point during the story, you have the opinion that I was a nerd growing up, you can take one sip. Because we're nerds, right? So it could be your drink, or like the drink of the person sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) They don't mind. It's fine. Um, If you think that I'm acting like a badass during any of these stories, then you can take two sips of your drink, because you're acting like a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so these are the only three times that I've ever gotten in trouble. And try not to judge pa- like pass judgment too quickly, because you never know if you're gonna want to change. All right, so the first time was in sixth grade. I was in science class. Don't vote yet. Um, Go <laughs> to it. Uh, in science class was the first time that they had given us like uh, I had been looking forward to this lesson like all year. Don't vote yet. And <laughs> they gave us these pieces that were kind of like. um, uh, what is that game that you have to mousetrap where you have mousetrap mouse, thank you mousetrap <laughs> and so the whole goal was to get this one um, like metal ball to go from one side of the track to the other track which was why I was like in science class it was like momentum lesson so we were like out in the hall I felt like so cool because like all the other kids weren't there and like we were in the hall learning don't <laughs> vote yet <laughs> and we me and my group of 3 were like just on the ground like trying to make this thing go so it was like right next to the end of the lesson i had never not done anything the teacher had told me to do don't vote
0: and so we were like i had to like i had
2: to make this metal ball go from one side to the other side so the last time we're going to try it we're like going like okay fine so we make it go and it gets all the way close to the end and just doesn't quite make it to the other end of the track. Like and I just, this is the first time that I can remember thinking like, oh my God, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like we had one thing we had to do today and I couldn't do it. So I dropped the S bomb so bad. Like <laughs> just really loud. And it's kind of like this slow motion memory in my mind that I'm like on the ground and everyone's face just turns white and I just start like turning around like it's like <laughs> <laughs> Know what I'm going to see, and sure enough, like my teacher is sitting right, standing right there, like looking down on me, and I'm like, "That's it." So of course, I had the best reaction to that, and I burst out in tears, like instantaneous, <laughs> like, like tear. I never, ever in my whole life ever gotten in trouble before. So I turn around and like crying, and sure enough, like the bell rings. So not only have I not reached like the one goal of the day, which has never happened, but I'm also going to get written up for sure. So she pulls me out, and I'm just, like, crying. She's like, do you know what you did? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you know what's going to happen? I'm like, yeah. So I'm, like, crying, and then the bell rings, and now I'm worried because I'm late to, like, my next period class. It's, like, a whole thing. So I go into my next period cast, and sure enough, like, I find out later that she didn't write me up because she would have been the teacher that would have written up, like, the four-foot-tall at this point child who was, like, in tears. So that was the first time. So go ahead and feel free to cast your vote. Yes! Two six. <laughs> Two six. One six. <laughs> to you. Um, all right, so jump to seventh grade, and I'm walking home with a group of friends, and we're like behind um this other group of, of older kids. They're like eighth graders. So we're like walking behind them, whatever, talking. And all of a sudden I notice that these eighth graders are throwing snowballs at the kids in front of them and just totally like making fun of them and like throwing these snowballs. So I realized at that point that I had a choice: could either let these kids like totally harass the other kids that are in front of them, or do something about it. So, being like the four and a half foot tall, you know, like two pound person that I am, <laughs> I thought like, okay, fuck this. Like, so, excuse me, I grabbed some snow. I know I still can't cuss. I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, I grabbed some snow and I just. I blacked out at this point, but I just threw it <laughs> I threw the snowball as like hard as I physically could at this girl who seriously scares the shit out of me to this day, so <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm super scared. So, <laughs> so I threw the snowball and she turns around and I'm like, uh, like, yeah, what? I didn't do it, this person right now. <laughs> So not having any street smarts at all, I allow us to get in front of these people that I have clearly just thrown the snowball at. And this was the first time out of two that I got jumped. So I'm, like, walking along, and this girl who is clearly twice the size of me, like, just jumps on top of me. And so right before I literally blacked out because my head hit the pavement, <laughs> I remember. It's okay, guys. It's my <laughs> Um I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm holding my flute. Like, uh-huh. gonna, like My flute is going to crack And then I blacked out So the first thing that I thought So luckily we were walking home with like an older brother Of one of my friends So that was like okay, they didn't do anything else But I like woke up and I like sat straight up And I was like, my flute Where is my flute? And I'm like looking around And so luckily it was in its case, so don't worry <laughs> Don't worry It's going to absolutely
3: fine
2: um, So go ahead, cast your votes You're a badass one.
3: one. Okay. All right, a right. Come on. Last time that I ever got in trouble was in band, and don't vote
2: yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, drum major of my high school band, I know, I know guys, it's okay. And uh, we were doing stretches at one point, so there's like a group of about like 50 or probably a little less kids kind of around me, and we're all like stretching, so I'm leading stretches. And it was the cuss word that like rang across the fake football field that we practiced on. Um, so I turn around because I hear these two girls and they're about to fight. So obviously my first thought is like, let me put my body in between their bodies. <laughs> and that seemed like a good idea at the time. So I like got in the middle and did this, which was obviously not effective because <laughs> one of the girls was literally three times my size. Like she was just bigger in every dimension so the minute I put my body in the middle of this it was like every fear that I've ever had about a mosh pit and why I will never <laughs> <laughs> because it was just like a whole bunch of like girls going not at all wild in any good sense it was just like <laughs> <vividly>. <laughs> like no one wants to see that so I had, again, a choice whether or not I was going to defend myself or not. And I remember thinking, like, look, I have drama after this. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so my tactic was I couldn't, like, go all the way down because I was afraid of, for them. So I just did this, and I got the shit kicked out of me. So I just got punched and, like, totally just, like, not cool moment. So I kept waiting, like for the teacher to come and save me. Like surely the teacher is going to come and save me. And that moment never happened until like a while later. So I got sent home because I had the shit kicked out of me that day. But before I got sent home, that was the last time that I got sent to the principal's office because they had no, uh, just like a zero policy. So if you were in a fight, you were going to get suspended. So once again, I was sitting there like just bawling. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to get suspended. I have drama after this. Like <laughs> go to rehearsal again? Like, what am I going to do? So finally, like it was the last time that my totally not having fun in any sense paid off for me because I had never gotten in trouble. I was in all honors classes, and I had drama after that, so they did not suspend me. I was sent home, but then I still went to drama after. <laughs> so that was okay. So feel free to catch your bones at this point. I think that looking back on it to wrap up super quickly, um, I just really like this idea that I can be both of these things, even if it's only in my head, between being a nerd and a badass. And out of every single one of those situations, there was always somebody there to catch me. And growing up, I knew that's why I wanted to be a teacher because it's so important for me now to be able to say that I'm the person that's there to catch the little five-foot nerd in my class.
3: Speaking of the Your Stories drinking Game, which was invented by our next speaker, it's on the sports... what month is that? November? It's I think its, it's November, what, sorry? I think it's its own post. It is its own post, but I think it's also on the November podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so you're happy! So.
1: Uh, guys, my... I had a couple different options I was gonna go through. I decided there's one that won't, won't... the other ones won't be able to top it. I had considered doing, uh, you know, the justice system at an elementary, like, K through 8th grade Catholic school. Um, I also considered telling stories of my run-ins with Johnny Law, but I figured the best was to go with my friend who will code name Schmitty, <laughs> just to give you an idea of the kind of guy that Schmitty was. Um, he was what you would call a super-duper senior. Uh, you had super seniors who stayed an extra year, and then you had super-duper seniors who I guess were getting their doctorate in theater. Um, <laughs> The only logical explanation I have for why it took him so long to get a theater degree. Um, give you an idea of this guy. He, uh, he was the person that got me drunk for the first time. Um, went to a dry campus, so I thought that would never happen. <laughs> the Sesame Street image faded very quickly. Um, and he would dress up as a pirate and go to parties. No one asked him to. And he brought his own sword. Uh, so you know, am getting prepared. Um, it was my 22nd birthday, second year in a row I bought the keg. I didn't really Uh-oh. understand how birthdays work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was yingling too, I didn't even buy the chi- <laughs> yeah. um. I love that, that kind of applause. Of That's nice a sculpture. foreign concept, by the way, at certain bars out here they're like, I don't know what that chingachong chong beer is. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama. Where <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, so we, through the course of the evening, um, it was an SNL themed party, so costumes were acceptable. Um, I was well off, as you'd imagine, by the end of my birthday. We go back. I'm sloppy. Everyone's dragging me around and stuff, and making sure I'm just like in the home, all right. No virgin vomiting. I'm cool. Chafee.
6: Uh, oh, <laughs> <yeah.
1: laughs> That's his other code name. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Um, was uh, busy most of the night telling people about his four movie ideas. <laughs> most of them I don't remember, but one of them he's an accidental assassin. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, he's a man who was older than everyone else that was taking care of him, but we're told to be responsible for everything he does, which is a huge weight on your shoulder. And the whole I passed out immediately on the couch in our common room. They offered my bed. I was kind of mad in post because I did not know, I did not approve of this offer. They said, Chafee can go up, ah, Schmitty. Go up <laughs> and lay in my bed, And that not at this point, is welcome to bed. Couldn't get him to sleep. Everyone was burnt out, tired, whether drunk or just exhausted. They set him up with the hookah um, that one of my roommates had. We're like, that'll keep him occupied, very much like a child with a bedtime story or maybe a TV show. He's good to go. We wake up the next morning. He's gone. Oh. Didn't have a car, so he's fine. We just figured, I guess, he left, it's fine, he's, he's an adult, he can get home. <laughs> we're at breakfast, enjoying and recapping the events of the night before. We get a call from his girlfriend. We say, she says, we're Schmitty, I don't know, I, I assume you know you're his girlfriend. She's like, alright, fine, and just hangs up the phone. And we're all meeting like, how does one find a Schmitty? We don't you even know. know where to begin looking. So we're, like, talking about, it, like, I don't even know where to begin searching or anything. We're just kind of like, it's not really our problem. He's an adult. We get a call a little bit later. Don't worry, he was at church. Yeah, that's what he thought. <laughs> Leaving him alone with the hookah at 4 a.m., he's like, oh, shoot, church is tomorrow. <laughs> gonna get up early and make it over there. So, like, all right. We're on the way back to Richmond to drop off one of my friends who came out to join us. We get a call from him. I get a call from him. Uh, driving the car. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, uh... Good, Schmitty. Good, good, good to hear you're alive. He's like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Do you mind picking me up? Like, just to see where it went. Pick you up from where, buddy? He's like, oh, I just kind of, you know, had a. I'm kind of like they put me in the drunk tank last night. <laughs> <laughs> and like, dude, I'm I'm more than happy to pick you up, but we're already well on our way to Richmond, so you're gonna be waiting around for a while. He's like, oh, yeah, like you're probably going to have to call your girlfriend. He's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so, a few weeks later, we're hanging out, and he's around the house, and he asks, he's like, hey, that that machete uh, that Mike has, where do you get that at? I was like, me, just being very oblivious. Uh, yeah, Walmart he said he got a good deal on it, so he's like, yeah, cool, cool. And he makes a lot of movies, so, you know, maybe he needed a machete. Uh, we find out later, her friend Mike is rushing around the house, he's like, guys, Have you seen my machete? (laughs) Still not putting two and two together. A few weeks later when we were partaking with hookah with him, he said, Oh, yeah, you know that machete? Um, So that night when you guys left me alone, I I took it with me. And he stumbled across our dry campus, (laughs) fell asleep uh, beneath our golden uh, geese fountain that we have on campus, was awoken by several police officers <laughs> who took him in. And he's like, it's weird, when they gave me my list of stuff that I brought in with me, they didn't list the machete. And I said, you're not going to see that
6: machete. <laughs>
1: and our favorite moment of that night is we figured that he just kind of looked around that night and saw it, he's like, oh, all right. Strapped it on and made his way across campus. <laughs> and that's The Adventures of Schmidt. Okay.
3: applause. How many of you guys have ever wanted to see Dwight get super sultry and sad? Oh, yeah! <clears throat> <laughs> I've picked him out That's for what out. we're about to do. Alright, uh, you want to give me the tempo? Four.
7: I've been a bad, bad
6: girl
7: I've been careless with a delicate man It's a sad, sad world
0: podcast has been produced in association with the nerdalogs. To find out more about the nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com/ nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.